I, you know, I, you can't really expect to change somebody. They are who they are. Um, and the only thing you can really change is your reaction to it. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss changing roles in your marriage. Sure, you can't change someone else, but can you change your role? To find out, stay tuned. Thank you, loyal listeners, for tuning in each and every week. We love providing this podcast for you and hope you get something out of it as well. This week, I have a small ask. Uh, If you could share this podcast with somebody who you think might love a little bit of marriage-positive information in their life, we would greatly appreciate it. You can do this by sharing the link on the iTunes or Stitcher page. You can send them the link to the hitchmag.com page. There's a podcast link there. Uh, Or you can just offer a review in either Stitcher or iTunes, and that will help spread the word as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. (laughs) Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, She is the author of several books, uh, including... Uh, Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, Make It Last. She has her own podcast uh, out every Wednesday on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Um, And today we are going to talk, Karen, about marriage roles. Um, And and I guess what I mean by that is in, in many marriages, couples will take on particular roles. So one person might be the goofball and one's known as the serious one and or perhaps one is the lenient parent and the other is the quiet person. Uh, I, to, to, to kind of put this into context, I just first wanted to ask you, are these roles healthy? I don't think I, I don't think we can assess whether it's healthy or not healthy. I think that um, it's a matter of that people sort of, and we can talk about how they come to play those roles, but I think it's a matter of that, um, do they work well with each other? Uh, do they complement each other? Um, you know, do they serve a purpose within the relationship? Um, are they still meeting each other's needs? So I, I, I don't think we can just basically say flat out, this is not healthy, that, that is healthy. I think we have to look at the larger piece of, you know, is the couple working well together? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are they, is their marriage working well together as they each take on different roles? Yeah, I, I as I always do, I translate this in my brain as a sports analogy and I think about like an all-star team and just because you might have all the talent in the world doesn't mean that they can mix well together right right uh whereas you might have people who aren't necessarily as talented but the their skill sets are so complementary to each other even though they're vastly different that all of a sudden you have a championship combination yes and and it's like you know 
I've heard many people say that if you're going to start a business with somebody, you don't want to have the same skill set because basically you're being redundant. You want to get involved with somebody who offers different skills than you because then you're each bringing different things to the table and you're complementing each other. So in a marriage, you know, you don't want to both, let's say, be the one that's very assertive and strong arming and, you know, um, you know, being that way. Sometimes it's better if one person is the one who can play the bad cop and the other one the good cop mm -hmm. because then you can bounce off each other you know in various situations i i was also thinking conversely though there's probably some sort of balance and i think this gets to your original point of it just depends on the circumstances if they're working but uh it wouldn't probably be a good thing if somebody is the gregarious one who's always going out and and commingling with people and they constantly get frustrated because their spouse is a wallflower and never wants to do those things and it their lifestyles are completely incompatible well yes that would be difficult on the other hand um if one of them is very gregarious and the other one is not so comfortable you know being out there and is happy to be with the person who's talkative because that way it sort of, you know, makes them feel like they don't have to be on stage so much. And the gregarious person is happy to take the center stage, then that works for them. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So again, you know, as we often say, it depends. It depends on who the people are, what the situation is. You know, if, if as you said, the gregarious person feels you're really hampering me and you're holding me back, then that's a problem. But it may be a situation where for those two people, in my scenario, it works very well. Mm -hmm. Damn these nuanced conversations, Karen. Uh, I tell you. <laughs> I'm sure people just tune into these podcasts and think like, well, they're going to give me the definitive answer. But if you want a real answer, it's much more nuanced. Yeah. And I sure think, you know, that's what I honestly, though, I think that's what the podcast offers because we can talk about this stuff on a regular basis and, and hit little fragments that we may have missed in the past. Right. Right. Um, okay. So. Should a and and again, this is going to be dependent. I already know this before I ask the question. But <laughs> uh, should a cons a couple consider shaking things up or changing the role? But I'm going to rephrase this a little bit and ask: um, Under what circumstances should a couple consider shaking things up and changing the roles that they play in their marriage? Quite frankly, I don't know that they're going to be able to do that. Um, so this goes back to, and, and, and I'm going to sort of have you ask me a question or ask on your behalf, how do people get to play that the roles that they're playing? And I think that it really is long before they've met each other. It's what their personality is. It's what they've done as children and they've been sort of vetted or trained to do. They haven't just sort of become that person. This is who they are. And they may even have been or likely have been attracted to each other because of what their personalities are and what roles they do play. So they come to these roles almost, I want to say, naturally. Um, and when I say naturally, because they've been doing it a long time. Mm -hmm. So to just say, okay, let's change it up isn't going to be such an easy thing to do. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was working with a couple last night and we spent a very long time speaking about um, their 
I guess I'm going to say their dietary habits. He, they're young and he's very, very much into eating healthy. And um, she is much more relaxed about it as far as, you know, so every now and then, you know, you have a dessert or a cookie because of the way that she was brought up. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them are wrong. But we spend so much time on it because really it was exemplifying the way they do everything in their marriage as far as him being much more structured and her being a lot more free-flowing in the way they do things. And what I was really aiming for was having them learn to respect and appreciate the other person's position, that neither one of them was right. But asking him to become her and change the way he is and her to become him was just not going to work because again, this was really deeply embedded from, you know, many, many years. So it doesn't seem practical to just say, okay, let's change it up. Well, okay. I totally get that. Uh, but using that couple, uh, in, in the, that example, isn't there something to be said though, as a put, so she, she has this, um, kind of easy flowing, uh, I guess, history about her uh but isn't there something to be said about the health habits of it though like there's some like there's some facts in there about well if you eat this way you have a higher risk of dying earlier and i don't want that as the person who committed my life to you yes and that's his stance however what we also know is there's a term called psychological reactance that if you attempt to force somebody to do something they're going to reject it they're not going to want to do it so the more that he attempts to tell her you must do this the more she fights it and that's just a natural kind of reaction so if he would be much more relaxed about it or attempt different ways to get her on board there's a better chance of him doing it but by him being very um rigid about you have to do this you have to do this this is healthy or whatever then it's just not going to work yeah and so this gets to the point of the roles so right. her role isn't really going to change at all like she's still going to be the free-flowing type of person in the relationship um, and he's still going to be the more structured one absolutely but it's how you communicate effectively to get them to take on new habits within the roles that they're comfortable with? That's correct. That's great. And to, again, be respectful and accepting of who the other person is, because at times there is a need or um, a, ro <laughs> a role for each of them. For instance, let me use my husband and I. My husband is much more anal and paying attention to details than I am. I don't like details. I am a much broader stroked person. So for a lot of the time, when he's looking at details and bringing them to my attention, not only does it, does it not matter to me, but it like sort of irritates me. I, I, <laughs> I, oh, please. Okay. That being said, the other day, he saved us $1,500 because of a mistake the ba bank made. I never wow. would have found it, okay? Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that about him because, you know, he that that part of him is also watching over me. So I have to sort of take the whole picture. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know that. And I remember that at times when I'm really annoyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
so you know and then and then he will say i'm sure that sometimes he gets stuck in the minutia and i help to pull him out of it and say you know let's get moving here you know mm-hmm. let's let's not get stuck in here so we balance each other and that's why i'm saying that just like a good business you want to have um, differences that complement each other so that you balance each other out. And so you don't want to get caught in just focusing on one thing because there's for every trait, there's an upside and there's a downside. And you want to look at the whole picture and respect the other partner and appreciate what they bring to the table um, and understand that each of you are going to be bringing positive at various times. Mm-hmm. What one of the things there there's so much research out there about how being in a healthy happy marriage is good for you oh absolutely economically socially Physic- um, physically it- mentally mm-hmm. like i mean just pretty much every metric you could possibly measure a happy healthy and that's a key phrase by the way happy and healthy marriage mm-hmm. because yes. bad marriages actually show just the opposite but correct um one of the thing, one of the things, and and I don't know if this has been quantified at all, but I think one of the things to the point of what we're talking about today, and it, is when you have these different roles, you have a partner in crime that is able to give you a different perspective than the way you see the world and the way you mm-hmm. see a problem or an issue or a stance. Yes, that by yourself you would not be able to see, or at least as easily without as much effort, and. Being in a marriage, you tr- hopefully again health. We'll just talk about happy, healthy couples. You trust that person, so when they tell you this is what they see, you trust that that's what they see from mm-hmm. that perspective. Um, and I, so I was just reading about some artificial intelligence stuff. Not to get too boring here, but they were talking about how these new artificial intelligence systems um, are are doing color commentary on um, cricket matches. And they were saying that they think that they can do color commentary on tennis matches because it's a predefined uh, court with very easy to analyze boundaries. There's a net in the middle, just two players, a single ball. And so the robot, the artificial intelligence can through new camera technology can literally see the action that's going on, analyze it, process it, and then make commentary about it in real time, which is mm-hmm. fascinating. And one of the things, and this is going to make sense in a second, one of the things that they talked about is how this could take over the job or role or at least be a facilitator in the role of viewing sports in the future because whereas um, human commentators from the booth looking at the game – they see the game from a single perspective. These robots, this artificial intelligence system, can look at the match from every single angle mm. that they set up a camera simultaneously at the exact same time. Wow. And so bringing this into this situation where we you talked earlier about how marriages complement each other, a couple can walk into a room and because of the different strengths and weaknesses of each individual person, the couple will see something different Oh, for sure. When they walk into the exact same room with the exact same people at the exact same time, right? And so I think this is one of those strengths where when we're talking about the different roles that couples play um, and you talked about the upside and downside of everything, well, this person might be um, 
a more cautious person. This person is more of a gung-ho person. And when you walk into the room together, the the cautious person might see something that the other person doesn't see kind of a thing Correct. and vice versa. Um, so uh, that was a roundabout way of saying these roles aren't necessarily a bad thing, even if, to your point, sometimes you get annoyed by your husband's um, uh, attention to detail. But on the flip side... Sometimes it saves you $1,500. <laughs> That's correct. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, again, <clears throat> if people realize that you, to use a very cliched expression, you have to see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of times when we're upset, we're focusing on, you know, the last argument we had and we're not pulling back far enough to look at the whole picture. And so, and that, by the way, one of these strategies um, to help you not be so angry at your mate is to m- remove yourself from the momentary upset or the thing that has just really ticked you off and sort of step back, get some distance and look at the big picture because then you're going to see a lot of the positives also, not just the thing that's just really upset you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you know, um, I, you know, if we're using me as an example again, um, I'm sure that there's lots of things that I do, though I can't imagine what, there's (laughs) lots of things that I do that, you know, he finds um, annoying or upsetting or I'm not paying enough attention to things or whatever, but then appreciates the fact that, you know, I have a different perspective and we balance each other out. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so one of the... there, I, I think this is a pretty common thing amongst parents that one doesn't like to be considered the strict parent or one doesn't like to be cons- – well, I think probably – I don't know. Maybe some people like being considered the strict parent. But you know, a lot – you see this is a very common trope though of one parent's the strict parent, one's the, the fun parent, and sometimes the strict parent doesn't want to be thought of by their kids all the time as the strict parent. Like they sometimes want to be the fun parent, but it's hard to break out of that. And I think in marriage, sometimes you want to change up your role every once in a while. Uh, You know, I don't want to be considered the stodgy one when we go out. Like I want to be considered the fun one or whatever. Uh, How, how can you express that to your spouse? And I realize we're not talking about in these certain circumstances, I'm guessing to your point earlier, we're not going to change the role that these people have because it's part of their character probably at this point, but how can you, get it across to your spouse, like, you know what, I think I would like to play a different role today than normal. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, I can't help, but this keeps going through my head. So basically what you're talking about is that the mother is the bad cop generally, and generally it's the father who is the fun one. I didn't because say that. I, didn't. I know you didn't, okay. but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying it. And I think, I mean, look, the answer is basically you know, speaking to your spouse and saying, you know, a lot of times the way things happen, I'm the one that ends up being the bad cop. And if you would, you know, perhaps pitch in or say something, I wouldn't end up in that role. So it's more about having the fun person, um, be willing to step up a little bit more and get a little bit more involved in the discipline, but understand that they've each sort of what, what may be, and at this point, I think it would be better if we could be visual here, but let's say that 
there was some distance in your styles to start with. But through the years or through the different events, the person who is generally more of the disciplinarian, let's say, Mm -hmm. takes that role, which then really, as I would say, invites the person who's the fun person to sort of say, okay, if she is being more the disciplinarian, I can relax and just have fun. Mm -hmm. And then because that person starts to just be more fun and isn't stepping up and getting involved, it forces or invites the disciplinarian to be more the disciplinarian. And then because they're more the disciplinarian, the other person then relaxes more. So what was initially a small difference between them becomes larger and larger. Okay. Okay. They, they've sort of pushed each other into a more extreme variation of what they were originally. Honestly, when you talk about that, the thing yeah. that immediately pops to my mind is politics. Mm-hmm. When, okay. Be, Did I articulate that well enough? So yeah. That, no, I thought that was good because I mean, it, it, you see this a lot. I I mean, I'm kind of a political junkie, um, uh, you know, whatever. And one of the things that you see is when somebody goes like to the far right or to the far left, it kind of yes. pushes the entire party to the far right or the far left. That's correct. Um, because they're all trying to keep up. And I right. think that's kind of what's happening yes. here as okay. you're describing it. Now, then there's another piece to this, especially if we're speaking about children. The other factor is that now the children come to expect Mm. that dad's going to be, if we say with my stereotype, that dad's going to be the firm one and Mm. mom's going to be the disciplinarian. So it's not as easy as just saying, listen, today I'd like you to be the one that is going to be the disciplinarian and I'm going to have fun. The kids aren't going to buy into that so easily. They're accustomed to dad being the fun one. Mm -hmm. So it gets a little bit more complicated. I mean, obviously, in an ideal world, if parents could be on the same page and decide on how they want to raise their children and really work together, um, that would be the ideal situation. But it doesn't happen like that all the time, especially if they have come from different kinds of backgrounds. For instance, let's go back to my couple last night where he was brought up in a much more structured way. So he is much more structured with the children. Mm. So it wasn't just about eating and she was brought up in a much more relaxed way. So, you know, if it, the kids don't get it done right away or they don't eat right away or they don't get to bed right away, it's not such a big deal. Um, and, so, that, and that's like, you know, and that's her truth because that she apparently turned out just fine. Like she made right. it. <laughs> that's correct. That is exactly right. Um, so, but, I, but to your initial question, I think that, you know, if, if there are things that are bothering you, whether it be the role you play or there's not enough affection in the relationship or uh, that you're spending too much money, the answer is the same, Steve. You sit down and you talk about it. That's it. What's interesting too is as soon as you started describing this, one of the first things that I noticed was as you, let's say, modify your role, that also requires your spouse to modify their role sure, and picking sure. up the slack. And so it gets back to the original point of being complementary spouses and finding that balance because yes. you can't go this way and them not do anything different and expect a positive result from that. 
Like they're going to have to pick up the slack or something. Yes. But even if it's not a matter of, you know, one's the bad guy and one's the good guy, anytime, you know, you're working in a relationship, if you shift what you're doing, it automatically has a ripple effect and and is going to cause a shift with the other person. Yeah. And just, I mean, and, and I love the fact that you brought in the kids of the situation because even though you may have agreed to something about, okay, this is how I'm going to handle this situation. There's out, there's the outside environment that might have already made a determination on who you are and how you, they're going right. to respond to you before right. you even walk through the door. Yes. And I yes. think that's important too. Uh, one of the things when you're talking about um, the disciplinary part of the um, parenting side of this conversation, my, my parents had a rule and I don't know if this will be helpful for anybody, but my parents had a rule that if we asked one of them, Uh, Mm -hmm. If we could do something or needed something or whatever, you know, mom or dad, can I, you know, go play at so-and-so's house? If one of the, one of them, if one of my parents said no, that was the end of the conversation. And if they, if I went and asked the other parent, um, I was like immediately grounded Hmm. because I was trying to undermine my parents' authority yeah, I think it's a good rule. Here's the problem. You've asked mom and dad doesn't know you've asked mom. Well, this is the thing. They said if they found out, like they made that, I mean, we weren't dumb. <laughs> it, we could try it. Um, but if they found out that we had asked the other person um, and they were parents who, I came from a very structured background and they were parents that they never bluffed. Like there was no bluffing at all ever. Right. <laughs> so um, my, my daughter and son-in-law have that rule, but here's the way they handle it. Uh-huh. Not about the grounding, but if one of the kids asks them, you know, asks, let's say my daughter and she gives an answer and then he goes to his father, his father will say, have you asked mom already? He checks it out. Yeah. So they, they can't divide them. And I, I really think it's a great tactic. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip the next question because I feel like we've covered it already. Okay. Uh, so I w- want to wrap things up here and get your thoughts. If your spouse was, say, the organized one, mm-hmm. and you find out that they're kind of messy just like you, uh, and this is based on the circumstances of perhaps like when you met and when you're going out, let's say that they were um, living with a roommate who actually kept everything clean uh, and you thought they were clean. You just made assumptions and you find out you got married, you've lived with them for a year and you're like, wait a second, they're not clean at all. I thought, I thought they were like tidy. Um, How do you approach the conversation of, you know, this isn't going to work if we're both super messy. Like how can you create that balance in your relationship to where you're not, you know, walking through piles of, laundry every day if if you find that's has become the case because you didn't quite understand that personality trait i have a lot of thoughts about that question uh so the first one is that if you really missed something then you didn't have your eyes open (laughs) but Um, but uh to be fair um we talk about the rose tinted glasses all the time yes yeah, well, that's why I said you didn't have your eyes really open. Okay. Glasses on, okay? <laughs> okay. Because there's, there's, you know, I really believe that everything about a person is there right at the beginning. 
it's just a matter of whether you saw it or not. And, you know, un unless you were a mail order bride or, you know, you didn't have an opportunity to see the person or you had a very quick relationship. And so you didn't have the time to really see who that person was, because obviously everybody's going to be on their best behavior initially. Sure. But with time, you really get to see who the person is. Um, so I, I would really be... Um, surprised if you didn't have the opportunity to see the person. Now, to your point, I have lots of people who come in here and I say, well, didn't you see this before you were married? And they said, well, you know, I really didn't. And then as we talk, there were signs, but they just, you know, didn't pay attention to them. Uh -huh. um, I, you know, I, you can't really expect to change somebody. They are who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and the only thing you can really change is your reaction to it. Um, and I think really to, you know, dump it on the person and say, well, I thought you were you know, going to be somebody else and this isn't going to work. I mean, to use your example, why should it be the other person who I thought you were organized? So now everything's going to be messy because we're both messy. Yeah. You know, so th then you learn to clean up. If, if <laughs> it bothers you. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, to the, to the, uh, point we were talking about when you walk into a room mm -hmm. and the environment is going to have a response to you, right? Um, I think part of this is we can look at outside factors that might be able to resolve some of these issues. Like if you two uh, can't create balance between the two of you, bring in a third thing that can create that balance. So like a house cleaner, if mm -hmm. you two are messy, the house cleaner is the clean one. So that creates the balance. Right, right. Um, but again, I, I think the point is that either you're going to see it and if you don't see it, your response is either to accept it or to change yourself. You know, I mean, you can talk about it with each other and you can talk about, like you said, coming up with a compromise or something. Um, but, I, you know, to, to go in with the attitude of, I thought that this was who you were going to be and now you're not. And so you have to change. I think it's unfair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. That's, and, that, and that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you a little bit here. Okay. What if you find that what they're, they're doing is now I, I'm going to say unhealthy, but I don't want it to be the unhealthy. Like they have a, a cookie because that they have a pretty no, no, relaxed. No, I, I know certain situations. There's somebody I know who married this young man and it turned out that he basically was a thief. He um, uh, invested her parents' money um, and he, he really wasn't investing it. He invested her grandparents' money and he wasn't really investing it. You know, he really was very different than who she thought he was. Mm -hmm. Although, interestingly, my husband, when he saw him at the wedding, said, I just always thought he was slick. There was something about him that thought I thought he was slick. Mm. Okay. So, you know, did she have on rose colored glasses? I don't know. In that case, they ended up getting divorced. I mean, he ended up going to jail and they, you know, he ended up, being very different from what she thought. So are there cases where somebody can really come across differently than, you know, what you see? Yes. Um, and, but I, but I feel, I, I was just going to say like, I don't, I'm not defining this properly because that I, like, that's not a role. <laughs> like okay. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm the thief role. Like, no, you know what I mean? Like that's, okay. I guess okay. I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not describing it properly. But but roles where I don't know. Maybe you lack ambition, or 
something where it's just not working. Like, like you, there's a better, I guess what I'm trying to get at is there's a better person inside of you and Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing it and it's there. Uh, You just haven't tapped your potential um, Mm -hmm. because somebody at some point in time in your life told you that it was okay to do this or they beat you down so that you lacked the confidence to do something or, you know, you, you hear it all the time where, oh, well, math is hard, so you can't do it. And so then people think that they suck at math, and they really don't. They just – somebody told them that they were terrible at math or that they weren't an artist, and so they just decided one day, well, I am i can't draw. And it's like, well, no, you could if you just worked at it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's talent involved in different things, but I guess what I'm getting at is um, when you, there is that untapped potential, but you aren't – you've just kind of accepted who somebody else told you you were. And Mm -hmm. that's not really like, there's more to you than that. And, and you want to, you you as a spouse can see it and they can't see it in themselves. And you want to get that out of them. Okay. So first of all, again, when you're talking about something like that, I can't imagine that you're not going to see aspects of that before you get married, that the person's not motivated or that the person's not living up to their potential or that they're lacking confidence in some way. But that okay. may not stop but, you from marrying them. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, you know, you hear it all the time of people marrying somebody thinking like, well, I'm going to change them. Which and, is a mistake. Which is a mistake. We've talked about that in past episodes. But that – you know, I think this is slightly different than that because I, th- I guess what I'm talking about is you don't really want to change them. You just want them to be the best version of themselves and you see that it's they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you don't love them. That doesn't mean that you're not madly in love with them. Right. It's just that, God, they have so much talent, but they maybe they came from a terrible background where people just right. told them, like, you can't do that. You can't be that person. Right. And you right. want to be that motivator for them. Um, and give them that confidence or whatever it might be to 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 do more, be more. Um, yeah, that's I guess that's where I'm. Okay, going. so so again, what I'm saying is that let me just sort of walk through the whole thing. I think you would see remnants of that beforehand. And you have to know that number one, one of the best things that you can do in a marriage is be, a cheerleader for your mate. Mm -hmm. But a cheerleader in my mind is analogous to a therapist. We're a support service. A cheerleader, you know, cheers on what the football team or the basketball team is doing, but they're not the ones out there making the moves and making the, you know, the plays. Mm -hmm. So I can support a client who comes to me, but I can't get them to do something. Yeah. So it's important to be the cheerleader of your mate, but you can't get them to do something. So you're going to see remnants of, of this, let's say, difficult childhood that blocks the person from being all that they possibly could be. So you need to know that this is going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that people can get past their challenges. Obviously, I wouldn't be in the business I'm in. <laughs> yeah. But they've got to want to do it. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think if, again, if you go into your marriage thinking, well, I know that this is a problem, but I know that, you know, this person really has it in them and they can be all they can be and I'm going to support them. You also have to know that that person, your mate, 
has to want to make the change because if they don't, it's not just going to happen because you say, honey, you're the best. Yeah. You know, there's, there are obstacles in that, that can really interfere. I'm working with another couple where the man really, really is being held down by some issues from his past and the things that we're asking him to do, and I don't want to go into it in detail because I'm sure. afraid that it would be too revealing, is so minimal. It's so minimal, and yet he can't do it. But it, it's not because he doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. It's really because of something that is, you know, blocking him from his past. Um, and so, you know, the person has a, has to want to do it. If if a as a spouse, and you want to get your your partner to that place, um, I mean, obviously, this couple is seeing you or this person is seeing you um, because they couldn't do it on their own. Uh, if, if you've come up against that roadblock, is therapy the recommended course of action? It is, but I have plenty of people who are in therapy and yet still are blocked, still can get past certain things. Mm -hmm. okay. Unfortunately, you know, um, therapy doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Okay. And so then what should they do? Well, you know, I have some clients who will get it and say to me, wow, you know, why couldn't have I gotten this or understood this 10 years ago? And my answer is you weren't ready then. Because mm -hmm. if you were ready, you would have. So it may just be a matter of just accepting it for what it is at that moment. You can't make yourself do something you can't make yourself do. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, a lot. So it sounds like um, not only do you have to be the one to, to be willing to make the change, um, you have to be almost like be open to the idea <laughs> of being able to make the change. Right. Because if right. you're not even at that, if you're not at that place. It, nothing else is going to matter anyway. Right. So now let's go back again to changing roles and, you know, you're a partner. A partner's got to be able to be the best support they can, mm -hmm. but that means also supporting who your partner is, mm -hmm. not necessarily the one that you want them to be. You know, that I'll only accept you if you can be who I want you to be. No, that's a great point. I love that. Because you're right. Like you married that person. Yeah. Not who they might become. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. A perfect point, I think, actually, to call this a, an episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, this was this was fun, Karen. Um, we I think we tackled some pretty good stuff here. Uh, so I want to thank you so much, as always, for your time. Always appreciate it. Always wonderful speaking with you and trying to uh, deal with difficult topics. Yeah, you thank know. you. Yeah. Uh, so I want to remind everybody, um, you know, obviously she's busy. You heard all the clients <laughs> that she has just in this one single uh, topic that we were talking about. Uh, so I want to thank Karen again. Uh, you can find Karen at her website, drkarensherman.com. She is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She's the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice transform your life karen is also the co-author of marriage magic find it keep it and make it last karen has her own radio show called take five to empower your relationship it is a five minute episode every wednesday on the sex talk radio network so check that out 
Um, if you want to connect, we are on all the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, etc. Uh, as is Karen, uh, we have links to Karen's website on hitchedmag.com. If you have any questions, hit us up online. Um, yeah, shoot us a message on Twitter or whatever. Uh, we love hearing uh, what you guys are going through so that we can help you get through it. Um, thank you in advance for um, all the reviews and the and the star ratings and the likes and all that stuff that we get on Stitcher and iTunes. It, uh, it gives us much-needed feedback and also helps... Uh, promote the podcast for others who might be looking for good information so thank you very much for that and uh, yeah that will do it for us this week so one last time thank you so much Karen thank you Steve all right take care everybody <laughs>